we are. And uh, we're and we're glad that uh, you're joining us uh, on the streams and and uh, you're you're welcome to join us on uh, Zoom if you'd like. You can go to vineyardzoom.com and just click on the link there for the Bible Institute and you can pop on with us. You can ask me questions when we're done and uh, that would be great. Or you can just watch it on the stream. Also, that works as well. And uh, Doug is already on with me. And that's my cat that's just over my head in the background. That's Gibson. She will probably get up and move around at some point. And uh, she's a very large cat. So I don't, I know that going in. So that's what's happening with that. We're happy to be here on a Wednesday evening for our online Bible Institute. And uh, we're so glad that you're joining us. My son's sitting outside, so he looks like he's in a nice spot. And and, uh, he's ready to go. So that's great. He's going to help me host in case uh, I have anything happen. What would you say, buddy? Use, um, there's a speak. So that way people uh, see me while you talk. That could be a little distracting. Oh, I'm in speaker view, right? Uh, No, I think you're in the other view because it's seeing both of us right now on Facebook. No, well, that's just the way it's set up. So I'm in (laughs) speaker view. I don't know. They see me when I talk. So go back and mute yourself. Okay. All right. And uh, very good. So let's see. Now I just see you. We're still working all this out. It's good. It's good to have company. Anyway. We're in our uh, online Bible Institute. We do have an online Bible Institute. It's it's uh, it has a thousand and eighty students in it all over the world, which is kind of fascinating to me uh, to be a part of that. And, and uh, we've seen people graduate now from uh, several different countries, get actively involved in ministry. We have a lot of graduates here in the in the in our own church too. So that's pretty exciting. Um, so we're doing lots of different. Uh, uh, courses, there's like 120 courses that you can take now from all over the place, lots of different streams of Christian thought um, so that you can sort of learn. And I, I think that's important. Um, I do courses as well. These Wednesday night courses, uh, these Wednesday night studies, we roll into a course and also the uh, the weekend messages get rolled into courses so you can take those. So if you're coming to church, um, you can just do a little extra work if you'd like to take the courses for credit. It's all free. You can earn an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree in ministry. And, um, and so we're, we're happy to be able to do that and continue to help people just be, uh, trained and equipped for ministry. We think it's a big part of what we do, equipping the saints. So we're, we're working through a study now, um, in the Old Testament. This is an Old Testament survey. We're actually, this is the third of, um, those courses that we've done. And this is the sixth part of that third course. And we're looking at the prophets. Uh, we're talking about the minor prophets right now. And, uh, they're, they're known as the minor prophets just because the, um, the books that they, uh, that they wrote were shorter than those of the major prophets. Uh, and, and so, uh, but they're fascinating books. We looked at Jonah last week, which is one of my favorites. Uh, it's only four chapters long. Um, this uh, today we're going to talk about Hosea, which is is longer than Jonah, but still not considered to be one of the major ones. Um, Hosea writes at about 760 BC. We spent a lot of time in our Old Testament survey trying to um, sort of put people in in some sort of chronology, so you can tell what's going on and and um, at what point in time they were ministering. 
Uh, Hosea 1 1 tells us the, that the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beeri, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Joash, king of Israel. So, so we know that, that his ministry was around 760 BC. And, um, he's, he's in the midst of those, uh, kingdoms and what he was speaking. Now, Hosea is an interesting story if you've ever read Hosea. Um, cause what Hosea does is he experiences the heartbreak of an unfaithful wife and it's a picture of what God has experienced with Israel. This whole thing is a big picture of what, what God has been going through with his people. Hosea 1 2, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, go take yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery in departing from the Lord. So that's what's happened now with the people of Israel is they've turned their back on the Lord. So Hosea writes this book to remind the Israelites and obviously us uh, as well um, that, that, you know, our God is a loving God and, and he's loyal uh, to his people in spite of his people's tendency to go in their own directions. And with Israel in particular, um, they continually turn to false gods. And, and yet his love for them this is, is portrayed uh, in this picture of the long-suffering husband uh, of the unfaithful wife. And so through the sort of symbolic representation or presentation of the marriage of Hosea and Gomer, um, God's love for the idolatrous nation of Israel is displayed in these rich metaphors and, and in these themes of sin and judgment and forgiving love. So Hosea begins with three sort of very distinctive poems that illustrate how, how God's children return time after time to idolatry. And so God commands uh, Hosea to marry Gomer. Um, but after bearing him three children, she, she walks away from Hosea to her lovers. And, um, this, this is, uh, you know, symbolic, uh, of, uh, what's going on as, as Hosea compares Israel's action to, to turning from this, this marriage, this union to sort of, uh, she goes to a life as a prostitute. She goes, you know, in all sorts of other directions. And, and at the end of Hosea, we're going to see how God's love restores uh, his children as he, as he, you know, forgives and forgets their misdeeds when they turn back to him with a repentant heart, which is, you know, what he's looking for all of us to do is to turn and to repent. And, uh, also in, in this amazing message in Hosea, we see that, um, the Gentiles are included as children also. Hosea 2.23, I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called not my loved one. I will say to those called not my people, you are my people. And I will say, you are my God. Paul picks up that theme in Romans 9.25. As he says in Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people. And I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. See, Paul is understanding what's going on back in Hosea as God is including the Gentiles. In this whole problem, in this whole process, Peter sort of picks it up in First Peter two ten. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So, so the Gentiles weren't, you know, originally God's people. That that was the people of Israel. But through His mercy and grace, um, He's provided Jesus, and and by faith in Him, we're grafted into the tree of His people. So we, we have this amazing, wonderful life now as the people of God um, in Christ 
because of, of what Jesus has done for us. Romans 11, 11 through 18. Paul said this again, I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their fullness bring? I'm talking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I make much of my ministry in the hope that I might somehow arise my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not boast over those branches. If you do consider this, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. So Paul's just saying how um, how now, as Gentiles, we've been sort of grafted into this family. We've been brought in as children of God. That uh, in Christ, we're now the children of God. We're included in that whole process in our relationship with God. And that's, a, that's an amazing deal. And it's a wonderful promise. And um, it, it finds its way back, all the way back here in Hosea, which is very cool in these pictures of what's taking place. There's another really great theme in Hosea, uh, and this is really important. Hosea 6.6 6 says this, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. So so um, why does God desire love and knowledge of him instead of burnt offerings? Why is that so important? Well, you can trace this all the way back to... Um, the Shema in, in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. And so the, the, the Shema says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And so love for God was the number one priority for the people of Israel. Just, you know, we obviously understand that is to Jesus gets that. You love God all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the number one thing. When asked what the most important thing was, it's it's this love for God, that that our love for God has to be first. It has to be our higher priority. We we really don't love anything else well until we're loving God because uh, it's only as we get how important uh, loving him is and that his love flows through us that we can love others well. So we love God first so we can love others better. That's kind of the picture in the process. Or we can love others best. We love God first so we can love others best. And and so um, in the way that everything was set out originally, the, the law, including the offerings and the sacrifices, was all to serve as an expression of this love for God. That's what was intended. It was just, it would be an outward expression of this love for God that uh, was picked up there in the Shema. However, however, what happens is over time, and that's what happens in Hosea, the Israelites begin to worship other gods and yet continue the ritual of the sacrifices. So they, they, they're obeying the law, yet they're not displaying love toward God and they didn't truly know him uh, and and so Hosea's message is really um, to point out the hypocrisy of Israel God desired their love more than their external practices uh, of, of piety if you would he, he longed for his people to long for him rather than simply continue a religious tradition and and um, and so this was a huge problem and unfortunately it's always been a problem and it always will be a problem we 
we often tend to um, get into relationship with God. We realize it's a grace thing. We we know it's all about love, and yet we we sort of want to turn it into a rule thing fairly quickly. Uh, and we see that you know throughout the scripture. Back in First Samuel fifteen twenty two, Samuel replied, "Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord?" To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. See, the, the whole picture there is uh, God wants us and has always wanted his people to love him and to be in a love relationship with him. Uh, and that that if they're doing uh, any sort of ritual instead of loving him, then it's it's not what he's uh, we call them. All those things that we do um, are, are never to earn anything from God. It's in response to his love for us and the whole thing. Jesus uses the teachings of Hosea against the Pharisees who are hypocrites in the ways that I've just been talking about because they're, they're doing things outwardly, but they don't love God. They've lost that whole process. Uh, and he says in Matthew 9, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So, so without a loving relationship with God, all the rituals in the world couldn't help the Pharisees. They, they'd lost touch with what that was all about. And, we need to be aware of, of that because, again, we have this tendency to drift towards being rule followers more than relationship people. And we have to watch it. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've often said we, we have to be careful. We have a tendency to become sort of pharisaical pretty quickly. And we always have to be on it. And we have to be reminded and we have to remember that it's it's um it's about our inward life with God. It's about a relationship with God. It's not just about getting everything sort of cleaned up on the outside. The most important thing is what's happening on the inside, and and um and so so we need to be aware of that. Now, obviously, with Jesus, we're you know our relationship now is in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit writes things on our hearts. You know, we're not under the the Old Testament Jewish law. But this principle is still the same in Hosea 6, 6. And so we have to be careful not just to participate in sort of religious rituals, even Christian rituals, and yet in our hearts not really be full in and all in towards the Lord. And so that's what's going on in Hosea 6, 6. And then um, another big thing towards the end of Hosea is about God's forgiveness. And how amazing God's forgiveness is. Hosea 14, two through four. Take word with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria cannot save us. We will not mount war horses. We will never again say our gods to what our own hands have made. For in you, the fatherless find compassion. I will hear their waywardness and love them freely for my anger has turned away from them. See, it's a picture of repentance. And, and, um, and God's amazing forgiveness for us. Uh, and it's almost hard to grasp. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Um, as, as we come with repentant hearts, God forgives us and God loves us. And, uh, you know, the reality is we've all gone so far off in our own direction. We've all gone and done things that we shouldn't have done. And yet, whenever we we turn, we repent, we come to the Lord, his love for us, his forgiveness for us is amazing. This past weekend, I was talking about, you know, the Father's love for us. 
and um that we can trust him and that that we can um we can rest in him and we can find life in him and and you know particularly with everything that's going on uh, in the world right now we need to know that we're safe in him uh, and i was looking at the passage of scripture in philippians 4 uh, last week um, 4 through 8 you know, um, I'll say it again just because I like to say it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident. All the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, in brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, they think about such things. And that, that the, the thing is, rather than being anxious about things, which we have a tendency to do, uh, particularly in difficult circumstance and in, in unknown times and in everything is going on, um, we're to come before God. See, we're in to be relationship with God and we're to know that we can trust him and that he's a good God, that, that he's a good, good father. And I, I said on the weekend, you know, my, I always try and remember about, uh, the story uh, in Luke 15 of the prodigal son. And the reaction of the father to the son's return, that the son repents after being horrific to the father. You know, the, the picture of that story was a son who had basically said to his father, look, I can't, I can't wait any longer for you to die. Just give me what's coming to me and I'm out. And, and the father gives him his share of the estate and the son goes and blows it, gets, gets way down, finally comes to his senses, figures if he can just get back to his father's house as a servant, he'd be better off. And turns and comes heading back. And the, the beauty of the story is that while he was a long way off, it says that the father goes running towards him. The father sees him. See, the father's looking for him. And, and he doesn't go and, and make the son come, you know, crawling back, begging or anything. He goes running. It was a, it was an amazing picture of, of the father's heart running towards his kids when they repent. And, and which is what's seen in that, that's in, in Hosea. When there's repentance, this, this amazing love and forgiveness comes running at his kids. It's what God wants, his relationship with us. And, and we're the ones that are always kind of heading in the wrong direction. And so, so we need to rest in his forgiveness, uh, and, and know that he loves us and is longing for that kind of love relationship with us. That, that we're continually moved towards him. Um, you, you know, it's not licensed to go and do whatever we want to do, but because it's out of our love that we, we, for God that, you know, changes us. It causes us to yield to the Holy Spirit. We're changed over time. We, 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 we want to do the next right thing for Him because we love Him, not because we're trying to earn anything, but it's a response to the love that He's given us. And it's made possible with His grace and this amazing forgiveness that He, He's, He doesn't sit there and, and store all that stuff against us. He just loves us. And and I think it's hard for us sometimes to rest in that forgiveness because we're we're not as good at forgiving. We're supposed to be. He says, forgive as you've been forgiven. We're supposed to definitely be that. But we tend to um, sort of hang on to a lot of things. But but God is amazing. So, you know, we, we, we need to learn to find rest in that whole process of forgiveness and, and you know, life in him. And so, you know, this is kind of the, the main themes of what's going on in Hosea, another another great uh, and amazing book. I want to encourage you to read it all and and read through it and and see you know how faithful God is and how He continues to pursue us, even though we've continued to go in the other direction, and that um, He will continue to pursue us like that. 
And so, so that's what I sort of had for, um, uh, today. And, uh, we're going to pick it up there and we'll, we'll do some more into that next week. But, um, I've got a few more minutes that I thought we could spend. So, um, maybe Douglas can, uh, come back in and join me and we can chat for a few minutes, uh, about, uh, what's coming up the rest of the week. And I don't know if anybody has commented or said anything on any of the streams, if they have any questions, but you can, uh, you can uh, probably do that on Facebook if you've got a comment for us and we'll answer that. Or you can hook into our Zoom meeting if you want. I think uh, we had more people in last week, but then they found out they were, their faces were on live all over the place and they, they were like, ah, so they didn't get in. But yeah, um, if you want to, you can go to vineyardzoom.com and it's right at the top of the, we'll be in there. So we'll stay on for a couple more minutes. Yeah. Uh, if, see if anybody comes in. Yeah, and and uh, if people are still watching, I know uh, Douglas and I will be doing our podcast tomorrow at one o'clock. Yes, and so uh, if you haven't ever checked into it, we just started doing it. It's called Hello Vineyard, and we're having fun with that. And now the podcasts are on Spotify, as well as on the iTunes. Um, so if you either iTunes podcast, you can either video or audio them. Uh, it's Keys Vineyard, and now on Spotify, which is only audio, but it's uh, Keys Vineyard as well. So we're, we're always increasing our ways that you can check in. The Spod, uh, Spotify podcast is real, real nice, real easy to use. And, yeah. uh, and so is the Are iTunes you a big, one. are you a big Spotify guy, dad? Do you, you use know, Spotify yet? I, I am Spotifying. Is that the word? But, uh, are, it's are you that, a freebie or premium guy? No, I went ahead and paid for the premium. Uh, um, I like to use the Spotify when I'm out on my runs and, uh, yep. I just, I just listen to the worship streams and, uh, it's very cool. I was, you know, the other day that I was listening to, I just hit one of the buttons on the worship streams and it's, it's really good because I was like, oh, uh, all the songs that were there are songs that we've been doing. So I, I like to think that even though we're, we're down here in the, basically in the middle of nowhere, we're, we're at least, uh, on the, on the cutting edge of, uh, of contemporary Christian music, which I enjoy. So yeah, no, I love, I love Spotify too. So yeah. that's what I use. Well, good. And. So that's it. So the podcast tomorrow at one. Don't forget, we got oh, an outreach uh, outreach on Saturday. At, what's uh, uh, so? What's the meal for Saturday? Uh, shepherd's pie. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a good meal. We did uh, brick pressed chicken today, which went over really well. Good. I'm going to be making that tomorrow night. Good, nice looking meal. Shepherd's pie will be very good, and that's going out. Uh, Saturday, God willing, along with toilet paper and paper towel. You know, I was gonna, I'm gonna share some stats on the weekend, but I can do it right now. I was, uh, we went back and pulled some of the stuff on the outreaches that I think is fascinating. So, uh, through the, um, through the month of April, and we're gonna continue in May, but through, uh, through the, through this now, we've given away, the church make, and church, you make this possible, just so you know. Uh, 3,500 rolls of toilet paper, 3,500 rolls of paper towel, 5,000 pounds of rice, 4,000 pounds of pasta, 2,500 meal kits, which each meal kit is good for four or five meals. So that's 10,000 meals, 2,000 pounds of produce. And, uh, and that's what we've done in those outreaches. And, and church, that's you that did that. That's amazing. When I think about it and, and how God has allowed it so we could go out and, um, find these things and, and purchase them and then give them away, you know, because, uh, we still have empty toilet paper and paper towel rows at, down here in Winn-Dixie. 
I, I know it's been six weeks, seven yeah. weeks. And yeah, that aisle is still barren. You know, like sometimes they'll go and there's maybe four or five left rolls left over, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's nuts. I think it's funny that probably for the last six weeks, the people that have been coming through have been getting two rolls of toilet paper, two rolls of paper towel to get them through. So, so God's provided, uh, which I think is really funny. But, um, but anyway, we're going to talk a little about that this weekend. Uh, and, and if you want to get ready for this weekend, I'm going to be in, uh, in Exodus for a little bit. And we're going to talk about when the, uh, people of God were between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army and what they were feeling and, uh, how they might have been feeling a little trapped and what God does and how we can relate that to today, perhaps, and see what God does. So that's, uh, that's the message for that. I'll be in Exodus 14 this weekend. So that's, uh, that's what I got. We'll probably hit on some of those topics tomorrow again at the podcast. And yeah, I think we're we'll definitely going more into in depth. So tomorrow's podcast, if anyone wants to tune in for that, we'll, uh, we, we'll be talking about all the ways you can get plugged into the Bible Institute and, uh, you know, outreach stuff. And that'll be good. But, um, you, you know, our hope is to get people to, to learn how to use Zoom, A, eh? <laughs> and, and get people in it, you know, yeah. but, um, and the the Zoom meetings have been working really well, by the way. So yes. we yes. had them all that go this week so far. And uh we started actually since last Thursday night. And we've had six or seven different types of Zoom meetings. And all of them have been well attended. And everybody's invited. So just go to vineyardzoom.com and you can see what we're offering and, and get hooked in. Uh, and at the times that they're going, I think you'll enjoy them. We're the This is the only one of those meetings that gets live streamed like this. But uh yes. the rest of them are very kind of small and intimate. But we're we're thinking this is still a good venue for doing what we're doing. So uh that's it. I'm I don't want to take up anybody's time. I just wanted to share that and then we'll we'll hop back in next week with more of the uh uh the Bible Institute and we're gonna continue these weekly meetings and we're praying for uh uh every everybody and looking forward to getting back together as soon as we can on the weekends. And uh, we're just waiting for wisdom and timing and we'll let you know what's going on with that as soon as we can. But uh, I think that's it for me. And so goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, guys.